Target. Maximum firepower. Ice for impact! Welcome to the Brace for Impact podcast. In this episode, we will review our first Clone Wars battle report between the Galactic Republic and the Separatists, as well as review the new uh, 1.5 rules changes for Armada. Uh, so the first battle report was uh, Wolfpack versus Separation Anxiety. What did you think of this match? I thought this match was like, well, first, it was like the first Clone Wars match that we've done, so it was mm-hmm. awesome. It was, but also the squadrons are were still unpainted because they literally took them out of the boxes and started going yeah, to it, town. It really made me want to vomit. It'll it's gonna take me a while to paint all the squadrons. There's so many squadrons, at least for um, separatists that you can run. Like when I was putting this list together, I was like, I still have room for five vultures. Oh, I was like. They have the same number of squadrons, but what you mean is the separatist squadrons are cheaper, therefore more physical models can be on the table. Not really, the same not really cheaper. They're, they're about the same as TIE fighters. What I'm saying is that while I'm list building, I was trying to go for MSU. I, got to, I had four hard cells and a munificent, and I didn't have enough points for a fifth hard cell but I had enough for five vultures. So there was a certain, <laughs> there was a certain point right. where I couldn't add any more ships. But there was still a significant amount of points that I just I couldn't really fill up with upgrade cards. Right. You know? Because my Munificent was, was fully kitted out and you know I had TRC on the hard cells and that's an expensive upgrade. And I, there wasn't really like any officers that I thought that would be good the spam on those so i was like i've got all these points but i can't like it was like 47 points or something it was like a lot of points where i was like i cannot add another ship like i guess i'll just take five vultures you know yeah so it was weird it it felt like it was designed in such a way to where you can get a certain amount of ships and then after that is like you hit this stopping point where there's there's extra space for your vultures, you know what I mean. I think part of that is the, the limited number of of ships. You know, once you start getting six or seven different types of ships at different point cost values, the math gets a lot more flexible in terms of okay, maybe I can't fit a hard cell, but I can fit a, you know this, or I can't fit a munificent, but I can fit that. You know, maybe like once once flotillas get in there, and you can like oh, I'll add two flotillas instead of some. Squadrons. Maybe not even flotillas, but like. You know, five five hard cells and a you know future large base ship for the separatists might leave you with no points left for squadrons. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, what did you think of of this match? I really like liked the way my list performed. It because I was going in, and I was like, I'm I'm all in on dice fixing. I'm just gonna roll whatever stock dice there are, and I'm gonna. Put them all to damage, and I'm just going to overwhelm the defense tokens. I'm not going to accuracy anything unless you know there's a really good point where that might help me. And I'm just going to use the hard cells. I'm going to TRC on like if I have a double arc, I'm going to TRC on one attack, and then on the other attack, I'm going to crack and just so I have full um, flush damage for all my shots. Yeah. And I was able to do pretty much that, and yeah. I thought it was it, it felt really good. Hard cells were kind of bulky. They didn't just get like completely smashed like normal like Corvette sized ships. Like that brace redirect evade seems like they're it makes them feel pretty reliable. I liked the usage of flag bridge on uh, this list because uh, I don't know if, if anybody hasn't watched it. You can watch it on our YouTube channel. But for the comms, I, I used a Munificent comms frigate, not the um, Assault frigate. And I put Flag Bridge and Intensify Firepower for more dice fixing. So right. in, in one shot, I can crack in a dice to like crit and then Flag Bridge and Accuracy to a hit. And, you know, get three damage. TRC. TRC, you know. and It, it, it felt really good. It felt exactly the way I, like, I pictured it. The only thing is like you took second player 
mm-hmm. which like wasn't really what I wanted. It kind of screwed with with my vibe. I wanted like the the control of the objectives because my objectives. I don't know if if you if we talked about it, but mine was no. opening salvo, abandoned mining facility, and minefields. Yeah. So like. Well. Yeah, I, I would have I mean, really liked I, to have had second player. That's why I took it. I felt like you wanted it. Yeah. Seems like you always do that. Yeah, I, I, if I have a strength in this game, I guess it's everything that happens before turn one. You know, I, I feel like I'm able to determine what my opponent's list wants to do. And like, I knew you wanted to do that. My my mistake, I think, was part of it was I I overestimated the durability of the acclimator yeah and part of it was my list that i built was really rough um and i just kind of threw it together to get a game going yeah i think that was another thing that that kind of hurt you because you were like waiting on like getting the stuff in hand to build a list so that you could like experience it all at once but once Ryan Kingston had cards on its website, I was crunching lists. For, and sure. I was, for I had like a week and a half ahead of you on that. Right. For sure. So I had a full list fully like synchronized together on what I wanted to do. And I had uh, an idea on how to get that done. And I think before we started, you were like, all right, hold on. Let me make my list now. Right. And I think that yeah. really hurt. Yeah, for sure. My list was like, I want to have all of the new things at once. You know, I want to have yeah. swivel mount batteries. I want to have one of each acclimator. I want to have radiant. Like, I had every single title, right? Yeah. I had four ship, all the titles, you know, like, and some squadrons. Like, it didn't really know what it wanted to do. It wanted to do everything because I wanted to see how each upgrade that came out worked. How, how does clone gunners work? How does munitions resupply work? You know, how does bail work? That kind of stuff. Yeah, so... It was kind of just a very experimental game for me, but it was a lot of fun playing with all the new ships. If you guys don't have any Clone Wars stuff, you should definitely get it. Oh, it's, um, it's so good. What did you think yeah. on on some of the uh, stuff that you flew, like the like the title ships in specific? Um, you know, I thought I would really, really like Implacable, um, but I didn't realize, and it may just be the list that I was flying against. Um, but the range restriction of distance one to two on top of only being in like a is it, one to is turn it one to exhaust. two? I thought it was one to three. It's one to two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. It's one to two. Oh my god, that's so small. Right. So it was so small that like I could have two acclimators side by side, and if one moves forward speed three, that's between not range that, anymore. Yeah. Is not in one to two anymore, so you can just attack it and and so it you know they can't like you can't go that fast if you want to use implacable basically because your opponent can attack the other ship in between the two activations right yeah and so that kind of like messed with me a lot um on top of that it's an exhaust so it's actually only one time a turn that you can move two damage. And your list had five hard cells with TRC. So moving two damage off of one shot is fine. But when there's lots of shots coming, yeah, it's not that great. It's better against like, you know, an ISD comes in, rolls eight damage, your main ship braces and redirects with Obi-Wan and what is it, Expert Shield Text, right? So the eight damage goes to four, Obi-Wan and Expert Shield Text makes it two, and then Implacable takes the other two, right? Yeah. And it's like, boom, like, I really did something here. But when you take five, two, or three dice shots... Doesn't really help um, as much. It doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> that much. It, Like you said, it overwhelms defense tokens. It uh, makes cards like Implacable not very good. It... It, you know, MSU is very strong. The downside is as things die, you proportionally lose damage and activations, whereas a large ship does full damage until it dies, right? Yeah. And then I think with the nail in the coffin for me was when your Munificent popped an engineering command when it had one health left and recovered five damage cards. And I was like, I've lost this game. Yeah. The end. Yeah. The, 
that that combo with Wat Tambor and Battle Droid Reserves is gnarly. And it, it feels so good to to just you just tilt Battle Droid Reserves over and then you just you flip all the crew cards down and I, I just scooped them. You just scoop them all up. Yeah, it's, it was pretty wild to see it in action for sure. But yeah, I, I think I'm trying to, to figure like a reason not to take Watt and Battle Droid Reserves after playing it. Because uh, in some builds, I think the one we played after this, I had like T-Series Tactical Droids, yeah. but literally never used them because yeah. I was just choosing the commands that I wanted to do. Because, I, I mean, the Munificent only has two command. Hard Cells have one command. And so I didn't really have enough tokens to have like a variable uh, command to use for the T-Series Tactical Droid. Like I had... Mm -hmm. Engineering or squadron, you know, and it, there was never really a use for the T series tactical droid. But like Watt Tambor is like, fuck, he's so good. Yeah, he's so good. I did really like Bale as much as I thought I would like him. I did like him that much. I think Bale is just great. He's just great, yeah. especially for the acclimators. Really, for any ship, he's amazing. Yeah, the ability to like dial in a concentrate on a, your three command ship, which the acclimator is, and also be able to nav and engineering on the same turn and make like a super turn <laughs> out of your acclimator. Um, it's really strong. It's wild. Yeah, it was it was crazy to see. Like I would do a shitload of damage. I would get the front hull zone to zero. You know, finally after shooting it with everything, and then. You activate, you're like, okay, I can concentrate. Engineering, so I'll recover two shields. And I'm going to nav. Oh my yeah. god. And I also really liked, I had Flag Bridge as well. And used it to take evasive action and get an additional yaw on my acclimators. Yeah. So when they were navving, like I could add two yaw on the final adjustable joint and they would like swing into position. I think I think take evasive action is is super critical for imperial type ships like the acclimator yep. and ISDs uh, to really get guns on target because that's that's what helps you win games is just having that front arc on target more turns than not and take evasive yeah. action really helps for that. The last thing I'll say is I really enjoyed swivel mount batteries and clone gunners. They're great and the combo together is also really great. Yeah. I'll say that like anyone who's playing Separatist and Republic, like in this period where you just only have the starter sets to use, Flag Bridge is a really good option to make your fleets uh, better mm -hmm. to deal with you know the lack of you know multiple officers or specialized turbo lasers to use and shit like that. It really allows your fleet to kind of even out the, the things that they're kind of lacking in, like the acclimators with their evasiveness and MSU separatists with the proper amount of damage that they need to do to be a threat. Good game. You want to move on to the next section? Next segment, yep. All right, so in segment two, we're going to talk about the functional changes and rules changes and design changes, I guess, in the 1.5 rules update. Um, with the first one, we'll talk about the chaff tokens, which is a new type of token. Well, the chaff token is is old. It's from the early warning system. The focus token the is focus new. The focus token is new, yeah. Which is on the back of the chaff token. Which I think is cool. So now there's a red side and a blue side. And focus token is used in swivel mount batteries, so you can mm -hmm. mark which hull zone the guns are swiveled toward. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. Um... That's basically, I think, the only card that uses it right now, but obviously, you know, more using it in the future is probably going to happen. And it, I really like it. I'm glad that they're just using the back of the chaff token. So, yeah, pretty great. Yeah, I like it, but I, I don't think we'll see it in anything else. Same way that we uh, only have the chaff token for early warning system, I think the focus token yeah. is just for civil map batteries. I don't think we'll see it for anything else, really. All right, guys, we've laid down our stakes. Nice. We'll see who's right. That's that's what I think. I do like whenever uh, FFG 
expands the design space um, like they did with X-Wing 2.0 and right now with you know all the new changes to uh, Armada. I, I really like that. The more things yeah. that, that add that kind of like expansive options into the mm -hmm. game, I, re I really enjoy that. The next rule we have is uh, kind of small. The ship that a ship must decide whether it's spending the dial, the token, or both before resolving the command's effects. So you can't do a squadron command, activate all three squads, and then be like, okay, I'd also like to spend my squadron token now. You need to decide that all beforehand. Yeah, and some of these uh, sections that we're talking about, um, these have been rules for a while, but they haven't been in the rules document. They've been like, FAQs or rules that they talked about on the forums that people just kind of knew. Um, but now the, the rules document is, is like a living document. So anything they change, it'll always be added and in there and it won't be missing any crucial rules like this. Um, because uh, I know a mistake I've made a lot is I'll concentrate on one attack to add a dice. And then on another attack, I'll use my concentrate dot, uh, command token token to reroll and you can't do that right you it has to be in the same period attack. the same attack which i think is pretty cool um it's 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 obviously not as good right but um it, it's good to understand that you have to decide before resolving the command's effects whether or not you want the, the dial or the token all right i'm ready to move to one of my favorite changes the evade changes. Ev oh. The evade buff, dude. Oh, man. So, you know, especially after playing with it some, basically evade now is better and, oh, in a lot of ways. Number one is that when a ship is defending against a, a larger size class ship, you can, you can basically discard, you can spend it to discard it, and you can affect two die, basically one additional die, with that evade token, right? So you can cancel two die at long range or reroll two at medium range or whatever. But also, they've basically said there's evade effect will work at close range now. So before it used to do nothing at close range, now the medium effect kind of transitions into the close. So an evade can be spent at close range to reroll a dice. It can also be spent at distance one to two to reroll. A dice so if squadrons are attacking a ship it can use evade tokens to re-roll the squadron's attacks which is amazing it's so great to be able to actually use your token for something yeah this this was like the one thing that really felt awful about running small ships is like you get to a certain range or someone comes up on you with squadrons or like any ship and you get to close range and you're like well now a third of my defense tokens are shut down like it's not Enough. even an option just because i'm i'm close to you like what does that mean right it means you just get shit on and now that's not yeah. the case anymore um i also like how um uh when the uh when the defense token is green, you can discard it to affect two, but you can also do that when it's exhausted, when it's red. You can discard it and still affect two. You're not required to spend it while it's green and then discard it while it's red in the same time window to affect two. It's just instead of spending it, you discard it and it affects an additional dice, which I think is pretty cool against ships of a larger class. Right. You know who's really happy about this? Who? Oh, Raiders. Yeah. Foresight. Oh, Raiders. Raiders. Yes, Raiders for sure. I was gonna say Foresight and Mothma. Yeah, Mothma for sure. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but Mothma loves ships with evade dice. Yeah. Well, what was what was Mothma's text? She she affects. When a friendly ship resolves the evade token effect, it can cancel one die at medium range or reroll one additional die at close range or distance one. Yeah, that's really good. Right. That's really good. Her text has changed since um, 
just the update, yeah, right? Since the update, yeah. Because I, I didn't realize that uh, the text had changed, but that's great. I mean, and then you combine her with foresight, and you're canceling two at medium, or you're rerolling three at close range. Yeah. And if it's a larger size class, you can discard to reroll four at close range. Is that how that works? Because it's normally one, discard would be two, Mothma would be three, Foresight is one more. That's crazy, right? I think that is crazy. I don't think that's how that works. Because it says when you resolve the effect, I think discarding okay. is for the, the separate effect of... No, because just... when you because when a ship is defending against a ship of a larger size class, it's the defender can spend the token to affect an additional die. If they do, then it's it's discarded. It's not a discard like admonition discards oh, tokens. Okay, okay. Or That's it's what a I was spend. Thinking. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That's yeah. That's Foresight. Crazy. When I roll rebels again, I'm running a Mothma fleet with. CR90s and uh, MC30s, bro. Like, it's gonna be nuts. Yeah. She's gonna squad right up into your frickin' front arc of your Kuat ISD and be like, reroll all those black dice, motherfucker. Yeah, I really like this change because what I really like about Armada that's different from X-Wing is you always have some kind of response that you can do. Or at least a chance of a response. You know, like yeah. in X-Wing, you, you roll your green dice and you blink out. Is I mean, you're kind of fucked. Um, and this, uh, the previous rules for evade kind of felt like that. We're like, oh, you're just close now. So this thing does nothing for you. Good luck. At least you get something out of it now. Yeah. I really like this for raiders too. They got double evade. They really needed it. And, and it keeps... Small ships just from being chewed up by squadrons just so easily. Yeah. Yeah, the, the squadron defense is really nice as well. I mean, like, if you've got... If someone throws, like, a couple bombers at you and they roll, like, a crit hit, you can at least, you know, re-roll it and make it, like, one hit. And no crit, you know, something like that. Yeah. It's probably one of the, the best changes for 1.5 as far as ships go. For sure. As far as squadrons go, the best change is coming up next. A fleet can contain one unique squadron with defense tokens for each 100 points of the agreed fleet point total. What do you think about this? This is perfect. This is just the most perfect change for squadrons that doesn't completely remove squadrons from the game uh, like some people were hoping. But it changes it just enough to what now you have to actually think about what your squadron ball wants to do. Like, is it going to be bomber? Is it going to try and tie up some squadrons? And you can't take fucking eight or nine aces all with scatter, brace, or double brace, you know? Because the, the biggest thing for me is, I mean, if you you know, tie up 134 points in squadrons and, you know, you're going up against a list with two ISDs, they're never going to flack that. They just can't right. waste the shots because you're either going to take a damage, uh, scatter it, or you roll, you know, two damage on your, on your uh, flack and they brace it, they take one, you know? You just can't right. do enough damage. You can't dedicate enough shots to that. But if they can only have four aces and they decide to take 134 points at squadrons, at least you can decide to shoot the other squadrons that don't have defense tokens and get something. I mean, anything. Just any kind of, of chance to farm some points if you're in a bad position, you know? Right. Because... I don't know if I don't know if you agree with me, but like nine aces is hard to kill with flak from ships. Absolutely. You would see games where it would just be a bunch of squadrons and like one ship left keeping them on the board. 
Yeah. Pretty insane. Yeah, it's going to be much better to have squadrons that live mostly for a more reasonable amount of time. Like you said, less token aces. And it really, like, I like it because it reduces the amount of abilities that are, are brought to a fleet. Right. Like, if you've got nine aces with nine different abilities, nine different aura abilities, and, you know, it's this one does that, it's, it's so chaotic. But, like, four, I can do four. Right. Like, all right, you got him, 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 him. Oh, okay, I got that. I, I know what's going on here. This is just much better. You want to go over some of the keyword changes for squadrons? Yeah, there's some keywords that, like, got changed and some that got added. Like, yeah. like Adept, I think. is. Oh, my God, Adept oh, is so good. So fucking good, While dude. attacking, you may reroll up to X dice. So, like, a lot of Jedi have either Adept 1 or Adept 2. And it's just really good to roll, like, three blues and a black, and then you pick the two crappy ones and re-roll them. <laughs> so crazy, man. I freaking love it. Yeah, it's really, really good. Especially, like, uh, when we were playing and I had uh, the droid tri-fighter ace, and you rolled, like, yep. two damage, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll brace that to one, and you're like, adept two. And you picked up the, the fucking two blues, and you rolled them and you knocked out my scatter and then I fucking died and I'm like oh yeah that's shitty slurp it up dude slurp up your adept it's so good what about AI battery and AI anti-squadron alright so AI uh, it's I really like AI battery and I like it way more than AI anti-squadron just because of the, the, the increase of damage percentage because going from one to two dies is much better than going from three to four. Right. But I think... That's true. I think careful control of your droid fighters with AI anti-squadron is super important. I tried using that hyperwave signal boost. But I don't know if that's the way to do it because I was thinking it essentially doubles my, um, my squadron activations. You know, at the end of the round, I can do three more. You know, fucking great. But the problem is getting there. And then most of the shit is dead. And I don't need to yeah. use it because then I've just got, you know, three activations, three activations. I only have six ships left to activate. And then I don't need hyperwave signal boost. And I think it might be better to take something like uh, expanded hangar bay and just go with the tsunami effect. Just try and hit them all at once. You know, five squadrons, five squadrons. And then... You know, they can scrum it out in the middle of the board. Um, I think it's a cool keyword to make Separatist Squadrons effectively worse, but when they're controlled by uh, their ships better than TIE Fighters, because without AI Anti-Squadron, they're absolute dog shit, but with them, they're functionally better than, than TIE Fighters because they can roll two black dice, so they have more uh, consistency. Than the three blue dice, but I like it. I like it. It's really cool. What do you think about dodge? Oh, uh, uh, dodge is good. Not as good as adept, but it's basically the reverse, right? When you're defending, you can choose X, whatever your dodge number is, of the the, the attack dice to be rerolled. Yeah. Uh, you know, helps you avoid. It, it, it's like I, I honestly think, but like maybe dodge should have been what squadrons had this whole time instead of defense tokens i like agree. dodge one or dodge two or I something agree, like yeah. Bay has dodge three right like let them re-roll it don't fucking give me scatters and scatters shit, too much but... dude yeah dodge is really cool though i'm excited to see dodge and adept on on more stuff but it seems like jedi only right now yeah it's a jedi only thing Je uh, dodge and adept yeah. are really just yeah jedi only the grit change is pretty interesting. Well, it's not really change, more of a clarification. I think this is always how grit worked. Um, yeah. Because heavy squadrons don't prevent you from moving. Moving while engaged. But the way grit is worded, you are not prevented from moving while you're engaged by only one squadron. But you are still engaged by heavy squadrons. They just don't right. prevent you from moving. So if you have another squadron right. that doesn't have heavy, then you're essentially locked down. But I like the clarification and the addition of here. Right. And then Intel is a big change. While a friendly squadron is at distance one of you, it has grit. And 
the thing I like about this is that it it emphasizes your support ship being inside of the rest of your ships, yeah. and the, inside the rest of your squadrons, as opposed to it jumping into the enemy forces, like, but also just less powerful, right? It's less powerful to give your stuff grit than to give enemy stuff heavy. Listen, when Intel came out, we all knew it was dog shit. It's unfun. It's not a good keyword where it just gives enemy ships heavy and you can just jump through them and go right to ships. It's bullshit, in fact. And it essentially prevents any kind of like token squadron response or small squadron response. It's either zero squadrons or 134 squadrons. All right. Uh, you just... It's horseshit because they just bring in ship and bypass all of your squadrons. Yeah, it's it's like it's like playing with that one kid who's like, oh no, actually, uh, my, all my ships get to ignore your ships, and I go right to your 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 ship, and and, and it's dead now. There you go. And you're like, I got right. sixty points of tie interceptors here. It's like, no, we ignore that. I have intel. Right. My one ship j just jumps on all your squadrons and. Uh, now they don't exist anymore, and then you get fucked. Right. You get Merrick steeled three times, and then you're dead. There right. you go. And I also like Intel because a lot of squadrons have grit already. So if you're bringing those, I mean, there's really no point to bring an Intel ship because you like it's not grit X. It's just grit. You you don't get a boost to grit where you have to be engaged by two squadrons. It's none of that. Grit's just grit. Right. So I like it. I, I like this change a lot for squadrons, especially for just responding to a shitload heavy bomber wing. You know, how obnoxious is it to, to deal with 134 points of squadrons and they all have the bomber keyword, and then, oh, there right. it is, Janors. How am I going to yeah, deal with that? It's like, you can't do anything about it until you finally kill Jan Ors. And right, good luck. Sucks. Good luck getting to Jan Ors. And the whole time they're bombing your ships and you're like, what can I do? I can't do anything. You can do nothing. That's the answer. I can't the, well, do anything. The only answer is to go as fast as you can to the carrier ships and kill them all. Right. And then you can win. But there's, there's no middle ground for, for the previous incarnation of Intel. With this, you can at least right. bring... 50 points of some squadrons. And if they all die, that's good. That's what they're there for. Right. Intel just was, it used to just prevent any kind of interaction. So all your ships would be dead, but all your squadrons would still be alive. Your squadrons that were meant to be taking the hits and reducing the right. amount of interaction between your ship and fucking Merrick Steel. Right. So it's it's really one of the best changes for squadrons, and I'm excited to see how people build their lists now. And uh, I mean, it, it's incredible. We got a couple new keywords as well. Scout, while deploying fleet, you can be placed outside of deployment zones and do not need to be at distance one to two of a friendly ship, but you must be placed beyond distance one to five of enemy ships or squadrons. Really like this keyword. Really cute. Um, you know, I I think. I think for the Republic, the only way to give it is hyperspace rings. Yeah, that's the only way to get Scout in the game right now. Yeah, it's really cool. I think this is... Because I, I think you had, like, fighter ambush in one of our games with hyperspace fleet rings. Fleet ambush. Fleet ambush. And since you weren't able to place your squadrons, it didn't really help to have hyperspace right. rings because all my ships were down on the table. I think this is a lot right. better for... Um, objective play, and also not with an objective that prevents you from deploying your squadrons, because then, then it gives you control of where you can put them. Like if I just put one ship down, and then you put two arcs, like you know, distance one to five away from what, like my one ship that I have down. Well, now I don't want to put my shit next to the arc one seventies, you know. Right. So I'm, I'll, right. I'll try and move it somewhere else. We'll see how it works. I think Scout will be better when the Republic gets a strategic squadron. And then you can place them 
you know, wherever you need to to start moving objective tokens, turn turn one. That would be really nice. Strategic is a bullshit ability. It's stupid, and it shouldn't be in the game. It's fucking stupid. Prove me wrong. Tell me how you really feel. No, it is. Tell me why strategic keyword is not stupid. I don't know why. Uh -huh, what do you think know. about screen? Screen's okay. It feels like the reverse of like escort or something, where escort forces you to attack that particular squadron, but screen is like, if you attack me, you might not hit me, you know? Right. So it wants you to kill everything else. But you don't have to. You, you don't just have want to, to, right? Yeah. Um, it's great. I think it's great. It's a great keyword. It feels cool, especially for separatists. Um, I think it's only on Grievous in the Veld Labs, but it's great. That's it. A lot of good changes for squadron keywords. Yeah, for sure. Especially the intel changes. It, it really is... It was a dog shit ability to begin with. Shouldn't have been written like that to begin with. It, it was like that... Um, it was like Relay when Relay first came out. And everyone was like, you can do it from across the map. Everyone knew that that was bullshit. That's true, they did. Everyone knew that was bullshit. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, that's the way the rule is written. But I think those both came out around the same time as Intel and Relay, right? Or no, Intel came out with uh, rogues and villains. Yep. It was dog shit. I'm just saying. All right, what about the pass token? What do you think about the pass token? This is interesting because we've played a couple games with the new rules and neither of us had had pass token. I had pass token. Oh, you had one? I had one pass token. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is cool. I'm just not used to it. The thing that's surprising to me is that the pass token is one time use for the game yeah it is not every turn refresh kind of ability so a player with a superstar destroyer and another player with you know three i don't know victories mm -hmm. if the isd player is first player mm -hmm. he gets one pass token yeah if he's second player he gets two and that's it. So it's a big nerf compared to strategic advisor or even just the base superstar destroyer before. Where, where it could pass every turn. Pass yes. every single turn, right? Strategic advisor lets you pass every single turn. It's really weak. It seems really weak. It does seem really weak. My thing is, like, I'm fine with it being weak because I hated strategic advisor. Same. I hate cards that are the best in their slot. Strategic right. Advisor was best in slot. For sure, bar none. It was the best card right. in the officer slot. And I want to use other fucking officers. I don't want to have to do fun have, things. Yeah, that do fun things. Strategic Advisor is boring. It feels bad. Yeah. Especially when but, but you have strategic advisor. I thought the pass token would be a way to give us the ability to have cool officers and still, you know make up for MSU versus large ships. And I feel like now we can't take the boring officers, but double ISD versus MSU is still going to be down like a lot of activations. Now, like past, you know, past tokens are most effective the turn where you're starting to get into range. Yeah. So I guess we'll see if, you know, even though it's basically one turn worth of, of, it don't, it only gives you one turn of activation advantage equal, equality, right? Depending on the kind of fleet you're going up against. Like if, if I have double ISD and you've got six ships, you know? Let's say I have six Corvettes and you have two ISD and I'm first player, right? You get four pass tokens. I can work that with four pass tokens. For one turn, you can have six activations. Just like No, me. I don't think that's how that works. It, you, you have to have, there, there's a specific rule that allows you to, to spend the pass tokens. Like you can't spend mm -hmm. a pass token if in a consecutive turn 
And what was the other one? The first what? player may pass their turn to activate if they've activated at least one ship. And uh, the number of unactivated ships remaining in the second player's fleet is greater than the first player's. So there's, there's a limit how many times you can pass in one turn. Oh, you cannot spend a pass token to pass two consecutive turns during the same round. Yeah. So you can't just pass, 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 pass. Interesting. Yeah. So you can pass, then go, then pass again, then go. So you just get two extra activations. Because that would be busted. Fair. But I mean, it's, it makes me consider taking double ISD. Like, maybe I'd try it instead of having to take right. two Gazantes just for the activation padding. But the problem with that is I think two Gazantes is really good to support two ISDs. Beyond just the activation padding? Beyond just the activation padding, yeah. But it allows for more flexibility, right? There used to be that the two Gazantes were basically required, and now they're I just less like, so. I just like that there's something. Right, I agree. There's some rule that kind of makes up for it. I agree that it's weaker. I'm fine with it being weaker. Yeah. It's just strategic advisor was too damn good. I needed a really good reason not to take it. And if I wanted to play with an interesting officer, I had to take one ship that has strategic advisor and then another ship can have the cool officer. So I'm glad that's done. Do you want to talk about these cards, upgrade cards that can be readied and tokens and dials on upgrade cards and all of that, and then we can do our last uh, segment? Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. What do you think about like this like tapping, untapping, ready mechanic on the upgrade cards? Well, the tapping mechanic has always been in the game. Mm -hmm. It's just been added to more things, and I like it a lot. Because there are some... Uh, I just don't like the cards that are always on, that are always amazing. Yeah. Like, Gunnery Teams was one of those cards that was, no matter what, I'm going to give you the double, the double shot. Like, all you need to do is put two ships in front of me, and I got you. Now you need to concentrate command to make that happen. Much better. Because now there's, there's some kind of interaction that, that you can have with your opponent. Like, uh, what the fuck if they slicer tools you? Right. And now you've got an engineering command. Raid you. you. Or they raid you, you know? It, wow, it, raid? Trying to make raid good? What's this? I don't know. It's still dog shit, um, at least the way it is, on um, the fucking gauntlets, please. But uh, I like the iconography. It makes it uh, more variable, because the recur icon, it's got, you know, two arrows, and then the non-recur. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to see, the non-recur. Yeah. The card that does it once. You tap it once, and then you've got to... Um, you know, like resupply it. You have to pay the ready cost. Um, you know, some kind of command token or any command token, depending on what the card is. And then you can ready it in the status phase. Those are great. Those really right. allow for like uh, some powerful effects to be brought to the game. But you can use it once. And then you gotta like spend a token, and it really it feels like you're doing stuff on the board, like, oh, I'll spend my engineering token to you know ready ECMs. You know, if if you guys don't know, ECM has non-recur now, so right. you've got to supply it with an engineering token. So you you've got to use your engineering tokens out. Then you can ready your ECM after you've used it, but then you know. Activate your Gazanti. Give it another uh, engineering token, you know? Oh, but, like, if you do that, then are you going to activate your Gazanti first to, to make sure that you get that uh, engineering token, make sure that it's in range? Or do you need to activate your ISD first and then, you know, make sure it doesn't fucking die? But then maybe it's not in range of, of comms net because, you know, I don't know, you're bad or something. Don't and use comms net now. Use parts resupply. Parts resupply. But it's the same distance as comms net, really. That's true. 
Um, That's true. You know, it really it adds like I feel like I'm doing stuff instead of just right. having the best upgrades that always work. You know, ECM used to always always uh, untap at the start. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't. Now you've got to make sure that that shit is on. Make sure your your big ship is protected. All right. There's more synergy you can build into your fleet when some parts of the fleet have to interact with other parts of the fleet to make their things work more regularly or more effectively as opposed to just a card does what it does all by itself and it can't be any better or any worse. And I think you've played it with um, the upgrade cards with the tokens or dials on the card a little more than I have. What do you think of those? Love it. Those seem awesome. Like they've got like a little like you know, supply bank of tokens on them, and you can make them either or, like a nav and some some uh, engineering's up to five, like bail. Yeah, bail's good. I use parts to resupply also, and dishing out the tokens all over the place was really awesome. It was really fun. I love those. It, it feels like I'm having more decisions to make on when to take those tokens or what tokens to put on them, you know, before the game starts, like, um, like Dooku. You know, where you can have uh, up to three uh, command tokens on his little thing, and then, you know, you get rid of them, and you give all the opponent ship's raid tokens for that command token. Like, that's fucking cool. It's fucking cool. Yep. I love it. I wish they were exciting doing this shit times the for the game. Yeah, exciting, exciting, exciting. Are you ready for our bonus segment? Yeah. I'm ready for the bonus all right, segment. So, you know, everyone's super excited about Clone Wars. We wanted to talk a little bit about... The next wave of Clone Wars, which is supposed to be coming in like January, right? We'll see. Um, I, I, we'll, I don't know. <laughs> right, we'll see about that. Um, so we're s- supposedly getting four ships in wave one of Clone Wars the Pelta, the Venator, the Providence, and the Recusant. And uh, yeah, since you put this in the show notes, what, what are you most excited for coming up? What ship? The Recusant. Why? It looks fucking awesome. It looks like the baddest bitch submarine that's ever existed. It's literally like a space submarine, dude. Yeah. It's and it looks badass. But the reason I wanted to do this segment was uh, I was watching Clone Wars again, well, rewatching it, and the recusant pulled up next to a venator and is like fucking longer than the venator. Right. It's like, it, I, I was watching it and I was like, is, is the recusant going to be a fucking large base ship? And yeah. we're going to have, because the Providence for sure is going to be a large base ship. Right. But also the recusant, like, are we going to have two large base ships for the separatists, like right out the gate? I think the answer to that is yes. Because that would be fucking crazy, right? That'd be really cool. I know as an Imperial player, for a long time, you had one. Yeah. So, yeah. So what what do you think, you said the recusant, so beyond the fact that, you know, we're predicting a large base recusant, what characteristics do you think will help define that ship in the separatist faction okay first off i'm more of an idea guy i can't really like i don't know here's what i want on the recusant this is what i want i want admiral fucking trench bro obviously obviously don't know what he's gonna do he's gotta he's gonna have some cool effect he's a fucking g i want the recusant to be like similar to like the MC-75, where it wants to be close. It's got like blue-black dice, Okay. you know? Maybe not a good squadron pusher, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, like squadron one or something, I don't give a shit. I want it to smash. Yeah. I want this to be the smashing ship. I want it to go speed three. I want it to hit hard. I want it to run in there and, and just roll black dice with ordnance experts, external racks. Yeah. Yes, all of that. Yeah. I would love to see some kind of nod to the ridiculously large gun underneath with either some kind of unique upgrade or title or... Because that is a big 
cannon. <laughs> that is a big <laughs> fucking cannon, dude. Um, yeah, I, I, I think... Or really, it can just be one fucking ship in the Separatist fleet that can use swivel mount batteries to some effect. Right. You know? Ignore the Republic restriction on swivel mount batteries. But exactly. Like, that'd be really cool. But really, I don't predict this as much as being a squadron uh, pusher. That, I feel like we're going to get in the Providence. The Providence, yeah. it, I feel like, is going to be like the home one variant for the, the Separatists. Like a big, nasty broadsider big with nasty a broads. lot of squadron volume? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I want... Obviously, it's going to be Grievous Commander. Like, Unless they're saving him for Malevolence. You mean the huge ship that's not, never going to come out? Maybe. You know, everyone can dream. Uh, but I don't think... They're not going to hold back on, on Grievous from Providence. Like, that's his fucking ship. Yeah, you might be right. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be right. And Grievous has got to have some text that says... Uh, when this ship is destroyed, move Grievous Commander to another ship at range 1 to 5. Uh, yeah, that would be great. That is just uh, the, the flavor, man. It's spicy. Yeah. If you're listening, uh, there's still time to add that to his, his card text, by the way. So, now that I've gushed on about... Look, it's so fucking cool to get two large base ships like that. It In is, one yeah, wave. Would, we'll see, but yeah, it would be really cool. Okay, anyway. Tell me about the Venator. Bro, the Venator's a bad boy. So I'm going to make a couple of predictions that uh, will we'll go a little bit deeper than you might expect. Okay. Obviously, there'll be two variants of this, just like there are of, of all ships. And I think one of them will be more squadron-focused. Obviously. Right? This guy's known for being a carrier ship. Um, I think that that version will also have a, um, what's the name of the upgrades with like take evasive action, intensify firepower. Fleet command. I think that that version will have a fleet command. Really? Yep. Maybe double offensive and a fleet command upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like I the Simon. Also, yeah. And then the other one will be the like ISD one, kind of like a bigger, nastier acclimator kind of like, you know, assault ship, right? Mm -hmm. Like a a smasher and i think that they will have double officer slots because oh. they have two bridges that would be fucking cool double off but double officer is so strong dude i know and i think that will be the venator's like unique claim to fame is like two bridges officer. two officers yeah. that, that would be fucking cool yeah commander's got the anakin for sure obviously anakin and resolute uh, title and an Ahsoka officer. Fucking cool. That would be fucking cool. And then we've got the Pelta, which I think is the oddball of these, right? First of all, it's the only one that appears like it's going to be a small base. It's, it's for sure the only one small, yeah. that a ship already exists for. And there mm -hmm. is already a Pelta in the Rebel faction. This one is obviously going to be a slightly different model. Yeah. But I would be surprised if this reflected the rebel version too much like i think it will have the same hull and the same shields and probably the same maneuvers yeah all right because those are i think the things that ffg very rarely changes about a ship it's like the base characteristics of it like yeah, engines sure. shields health right yeah i don't think we're gonna look at this and be like oh my god yes like crazy squadron pushing and a fleet command upgrade like i just I don't know. I don't see it. I think they're going to go in a slightly different direction with this version of the Pelta. I don't. I don't. I don't know what that is. Um. But that's that. I would be surprised if this was just Rebel Pelta with slightly different model, but like especially the same when kind you've of got upgrades. like squadron pushers already, like the Acclimator, and now the Venator, which for sure is going to push squadrons. But right, I feel like another squadron pushers, like everything pushes squadrons. Okay. Yeah, I feel like this pe Pelta is going to be more of like a medical frigate variant, where maybe its armament yeah. is like significantly less, and it might be a lot cheaper than the Rebel Pelta, and it's more on like it's got certain officers that allow it to support. It'll be like a bulkier support ship, you know. 
I would love to see a Pelto that's out there like, you know, I think the Republic right now only has the option of one ship with the fleet support upgrade. Yeah. Maybe there's a Pelta variant that has fleet support that would be and great. a title that you want to bring as like a better version of like redemption from from the the um, Nebulon B, right? Yeah. Um, something that's sending tokens everywhere or feeding shields or um, flipping cards and whatever the hell, changing dials like Leia. And then I would also be interested, now this would be pretty wild in my opinion, but like, okay, you've got that version and then the other version is like, the closest a Pelta could get to like a Gladiator or an MC-30, right? Like a Torpedo Frigate oh, Pelta, yeah. I think would be really cool. Or maybe just like a Red Dice Pelta that wants to be you Far know, away. more like a, yeah, like a Architan's version of a Pelta kind of thing. That you would know? be cool. I think we would see that before we see a Gladiator type Pelta. Because yeah. you've already got the Consular Armed Frigate and that thing is pretty nasty. I mean, it's no MC-30. But For I sure. feel what you mean. But it- like um, we're talking about the Pelta and and how it can be like a super supporty kind of ship with the fleet support icon. Yeah. But the the way they changed the wording, or not really changed it, but but added the wording for flotillas, makes me wonder. Like, do you think we'll ever see like a medium or large base flotilla? No. No. I think that would be super cool. Do you think we'll ever see another flotilla? Yes, we will, for sure. I'm not convinced, but we'll see. I'm convinced. Dude, we're for sure getting those um, H-shaped landing craft from the Separatists. You think so? For sure! For sure. Mm. Well, we'll see. Yeah, the, the C-9979s. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure they're coming in as flotillas. For for the Republic, I have no idea what, what flotilla they would get, you know? Right. There's nothing that was quite big enough that we saw, really. No. But also, they've invented stuff before, so I wouldn't mind if they did so again. Yeah. Look, it's it's some good shit. I'm, I'm ready for Wave 1 already. Well, like, there's just so many holes in, like, the fleet... For sure, uh, fleet building. I just, I just want more officers. I want more options. I'm ready for wave one, and I'm ready for wave two to be squadron pack two and one ship for each faction. Oh yeah, but we already know like what the squadron pack is going to be. But like, right. what kind of what kind of um, keywords do you think they'll they'll have for them? Do you think they'll add like rogues to to squadron pack two? No, no, because they had some rogues in squadron pack two for rebel. Rebel Empire, right? I think they'll have one rogue for each of them. I mean, maybe, but I think that they're trying not to print more rogues. I don't know. I, I think there definitely will be rogues that the Republic and the Empire can play with. Otherwise, they will never have faction parity with the OT. No, I, I, but, I think it's going to, like, the infiltrator, the infiltrator for sure is going to have rogue. Yeah, for sure. But what, what about the um, Republic? They get a fucking lats aren't gonna be rogue. No, they're gonna be like BCXs, right? Yeah. The only thing I could think of is is uh, I don't know. I I think that maybe a Clone Wars version of rogues and villains would would have that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could get like Asajj's weird solar sailing ship. You could I get the you Twilight get, uh, Cad Bane's ship. Right, like that kind of stuff, you know, Django or whatever, and that would have Rogue on it, and they'll keep it mostly away from the, like, truly faction-oriented squadrons, like Adas and V-Wings and Lats, and I don't think those are going to get Rogue, unless it's something on, like, an Anakin and an Obi-Wan thing. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I think that they can make Anakin and Obi-Wan really good without that. I think one squadron in the squadron pack two will have a rogue at least. I mean, yeah, one wouldn't be crazy. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of squadron named squadrons to add. I think because like the rebels in the empire have so many options, and for right sure. now it's like very few for the republic. So I think squadron pack two is a, a high priority for them. Yeah, because once you get to like okay, if you have five different ships and 
two different waves of squadron packs like you can start feeling like okay the republic and the separatists are fully formed for the most part able to put together a lot of variety in their list building and we can start moving forward right i don't, I don't feel like we'll get to like a done status until like wave five at least yeah, yeah not done but at least like fully playable i think right like yeah yeah I, I think i think it'll take until wave two i agree because that was that was when the isd came out right the isd home one was wave two right yeah that was when it really felt like you were playing the faction i think it will after wave one for these factions just because the iconic ships are in them um but I agree. you know just for list building variety like you know that'll happen later all right well that's our show See you guys next time. Yep. Or do we want to just roll into the episode? Well, let's talk about your unboxing. I thought that one was good. I'm kind of worried yes. about mine because it was so awkward because you fucking left me alone. So I did mine by myself. Because I wasn't no over there. You got your shit before I did. But I still wouldn't have talked to you. Why? I don't think. I don't know. It's weird. Why is that weird? It's weird. It makes it I just better. Think it's weird. What do you? Why? Why is that weird to talk to me about the shit that we're getting? Because it's like talking to a, like a uh, off camera spooky person. I'm off ca camera anyway. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe you should have been on camera. No, like I've sworn the creed. I cannot be. Uh, I can't appear on camera. I have sworn the creed. You're trying to build a cult of personality around your voice. No one can see your face? No, no. For that, I would use your voice. I can't build Why? a cult around. Because your voice is is so much better for that. What? Yeah, do you know I listen to the podcast to fall asleep, but only your sections. I cut myself out and I make personal... No, you're full of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You're full of shit. Yeah, and it, no, that's bullshit. So after editing, I'm and, just, and I just listen to you and you're like... Nobody listens to my voice to fall asleep. And then, and then I just like drift away and, the, and I'm just like, oh, it's like it. It's like the old radio host voices. Like, oh. You're so full of shit. No. Okay, I'm ready to start the episode because I can't handle that anymore. Okay. <laughs>